you know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of First and Foxborough, your favorite daily patriots podcast um i mean i'm sure there are other ones um i have to look into this because i don't really want to be insulting people uh to all my wonderful colleagues out there on the patriots beat who do stuff but you know what look i'm i'm gonna hope that i am your favorite patriots podcast or daily patriots podcast anyway there are some other really good ones anyway let me go ahead and stop uh you know verbal diarrhea right here and tell you to download subscribe listen stream it on the free odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts Every single day, you know what's up. Today, I'm joined by an old colleague of mine, <laughs> Mr. Chad Finn, sports columnist over at the Boston Globe and Boston.com. I know a ton of you enjoy reading his work, and I am happy to present him on here today. I believe this is the what this is like the second time we have quote unquote met. Both of them. <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, I think the first time was when you got hired at Boston.com. Yeah. You just uh, caught up. Uh, you still pop up in like my chat on the left side because uh, I use it so infrequently. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good to catch up with you again because uh, you did such great work for us and uh, your daily podcast is uh, uh, a must listen here. So I'm, I'm really happy to see how things are going for you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that completely. And, you know, I still still got your stuff coming through on my timeline and, and and again, just the 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 humor you know, with mixed with you know kind of the the commentary and experience. I, I'm always a sucker for it. You know that's what makes a good columnist, right? It's like you got you gotta you, you gotta be relatable. You gotta be fun. You don't always want to seem like you're pontificating. I don't know if people feel like that about my columns every once in a while. Uh, where, where I feel like I'm yelling at you, you know, sometimes, <laughs> I, look, look so, sometimes I'm sorry. I, I get, I get animated with some of these discussions and I don't always have as much patience as I think I do. And that's something I know I got to work on, but you know what? Got to, got to, got to take some notes from the master, but let's go, <laughs> Chad, let's talk about these new England Patriots, uh, which, which it yes, feels sir. like is like the, the, uh, second most important story in town right now behind the Celtics uh, letting their head coach go for absolutely nothing after an incredible saga. But, you know, hey, let's let's do these New England Patriots. Um, what <laughs> after <laughs> how about we start with this exercise? Describe right. these New England Patriots in one sentence as they currently sit at four and four heading into this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. Wow, uh, that's a good one. I would, I would say uh, probably single words pop out more than a sentence. It would be, okay. uh, you know, mediocre, um, unpredictable. I was going. I went back and looked at it, Kyrie, and I think I'm six and two on on picks with them this year, and I have no idea week to week what we're going to see. It's yeah. just, uh, as you know, everybody thought they were going to clobber the Bears. They didn't. <laughs> it was the opposite. Um, didn't really know what to expect against the Jets team. Those five and two and felt like it was really uh, anticipating the showdown with the Patriots. And um, lo and behold, 
the, the 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 Patriots won that game fairly easily. So I think week to week, you you really can't predict what you're going to see from this team, and that is so counter to what you saw for the better part of 20 years, which is uh, you knew Tom Brady was going to come through. You knew Bill Belichick would uh, have something cooked up for the opposing offense to take away usually what they do best. And um, now I think it's because they're rebuilding the roster and uh, they've got a lot of young players in uh, um, important positions, number one at quarterback, that uh, there's going to be unpredictability with the Patriots, and that takes uh, some getting used to for the fans and for the media. Yeah, 100%. And I would say the, the Bears game was the first one I got tripped up on. So I, I am, I'm a, a strong 7-1 and one, uh, because I really thought I, – I, look, I, I, I watch a lot of Chicago Bears because – I grew up in Chicago and I mean, right. everybody on the podcast who's ever listened to me has heard me say this a million times. So I know about Justin Fields and I knew what he had kind of been coming into this game. And I knew it probably wasn't, or at least I thought it wasn't going to be very good, but that he would give them problems. Lo and behold, they gave him a lot of problems. I, I just, I did <laughs> not, I was, I was dumbfounded, did not see that coming. I'm in the press box and I'm really just, the entire show of it, Chad, where first Mac Jones is struggling. You've got the crowd booing him and calling openly for Bailey Zappi. Bizarre. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, wow. Zappi comes in, scores two straight touchdowns, and the place is, is, is a, the roof is, I mean, obviously there's no roof, but, but the place is about to fall apart. It's and the then, new Tom Brady. It's happening again. <laughs> but then while all this is happening, the Patriots are losing to the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields is just running all over the place and, and making plays and people in the press box like that I'm sitting next to, he, he's scrambling and like making throws and they're just like, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah. Like, it, it, like that was the vibe. It was, it was just, the, it was by far the strangest night I've been a part of. And I was there for Tom Brady's last game. Yeah, nights at Gillette uh, in Foxborough in general are always pretty weird. I mean, this is a franchise that was banned from Monday Night Football for 14 years because of fan behavior from hosting games. So, uh, um, you know, it, it always feels like a little bit of a different atmosphere in those primetime games. But it was bizarre. It was bizarre that fans were so eager to see uh, Bailey Zappi come in. He played well for two games, played well in that Green Bay game, too. But... Uh, you should be able to analyze a quarterback pretty well and see what they do well and what they don't. And you can, he doesn't have the pedigree or really the skill set of Mac Jones. And I thought people had really short memories with that. I mean, Mac, they, have, they had a seven game winning streak last year with Mac playing. And um, it was like, that was completely out, of, completely out of people's minds, maybe because last season ended badly. You got off to a slow start, but still you could see something was there that, doesn't really exist with Bailey Zappi just because of his physical limitations. So I was really surprised by that reaction, but uh, I guess weird things like that are kind of par for the course in those night games at Gillette. I know it's funny too, because I even hearkened back earlier in the day and a couple of other people said the same thing. It's like, it's going to be kind of rainy and wet and then it's foggy. It's like, it's the, the silver pants. Like it's just like that night a couple of years ago. <laughs> and and wow, that that got weird. But you know, it's going going back to you know, kind of the scheduling thing. So I didn't expect the Justin Fields game, the, the, the Bears game, 
but I did expect the Jets game because I feel like I've been watching Zach Wilson and I think he's terrible. I think he's yeah. just, he's very, very arrogant bad. too. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I knew all they had to do was what they did last year. The first time they saw just wait for him to throw you the football. He now th- that's, <laughs> that's his seventh interception in, in three career games against the Patriots. That's, that's unreal. I mean, there are just times where even even just as an observer, right? Like, obviously, like, okay, there's no cheering in the press box and whatever. But, like, you you want to mm-hmm. see the team that you cover do well, right? You don't necessarily want them to be horrible. But even I'm sitting there watching the game and thinking, like, Zach, throw the ball away, man. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> just because I hate bad football. I hate bad football. And Zach Wilson plays bad football. Yeah, the Patriots have broken a lot of Jets quarterbacks over the, the recent years. I mean, uh, everybody remembers Sam Darnold. What was that on Sunday oh, night football? Yeah, seeing ghosts with the uh, the Van Noy and Collins and that group of linebackers are just tormenting him. And then Darnold, uh, uh, Darnold, uh, the modern current Darnold uh, Wilson with the current Darnold, picks. love it. Yeah, and the first the the first. Meeting last year and the second meeting was the 54 to 13 game, right? So, oh, yeah, um, I thought maybe he would have learned from last year. Uh, that just the you, watching it on film and seeing him, um, literally throw the ball to Patriots defensive backs in that first meeting, and he didn't, he was out there doing the same things, and uh, it was it's worse. kind of it, it, it probably was because he's got more time under his belt, and there was this perception that. He was figuring things out because they had won four games in a row, even though he you know, went through one touchdown pass on that stretch. But, um, boy, I, if I were them, I'm, I was talking to a Jets fan friend of mine. I would uh, seriously consider not starting him the next time they play the Patriots. Flacco, Flacco would do a better job. I don't know about Mike White, but Flacco would do a better job against I the Patriots. I think Flacco would do a better job. Yeah. I, I mean, not that I would expect him to do a great job necessarily, but he would, he would probably do a better job. Protect the ball, what? right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you know what? I, let, let's let's actually go with that here, okay? Because I personally see this as right now the, the Patriots have all but said from the start of this year that this is all about Mac Jones's development, the way that uh, you know they they didn't really blow things up and and uh, you know retool the roster and go out and try to get like a Debo Samuel or you know a top star receiver it's like they just kind of retooled things they tinkered around a little bit and said you know what let's go with this let's see what matt can do let's try and be a little bit more explosive get him a downfield guy in Devontae parker and get tyquan thornton in the second round who to me has been a a pleasant surprise with how quickly he's ascended up the depth chart i really like what i saw from him in training camp and he, he seems to be you know kind of carrying things on from there but to me, it was all about Mac Jones and the injury and Bailey Zappi kind of complicated that. But then you're also talking about, you know, Zach Wilson and saying, look, I mean, he's been playing so badly and you have a team that's five and two right now where you're, you're, you're thinking like, okay, if we actually think we're good, that we have a chance to win, does Joe Flacco give you a better chance to win? And now we're having that conversation over there. And my thought to, to you is when you see, quarterbacks at this stage in in their career their second seasons where there's going to be trial and error they're still trying to figure out what they are and what they are not in the nfl how important is it for 
their teams to stick with them and let them figure it out, particularly if we want to keep it Patriots focused for Mac Jones. It's uh, essential. And I, th- I think probably when the Patriots do a self-assessment of the how they've handled things at the end of this year, when Belichick sits down with his coaches, um, they're going to acknowledge that they set Mac up to the, not necessarily set him up to fail, but really added to his degree of difficulty in his second season by having Matt Patricia, really smart football mind uh, gets a short shrift on that, but um, inexperienced offensive coach as the offensive coordinator, de facto offensive coordinator uh, by um, changing the offense as much as they tried to do in training camp and, and uh, uh, by not doing things during the regular season, at least in the early going, that suit his skill set. The, the lack of play action was bizarre. I kind of understand it now. I think it's a little bit hard for him with the injury to be under center and drop Maybe, back. Yeah. But, um, boy, really benefited Zappi, and it would have benefited Mac early, too. Just They've done a lot of different sorts of things that uh, have contributed to him having a uh, more difficult second season than he probably should. Now, you, yeah, a lot of it's on Mac. I mean, you look at his yeah. stats, uh, we're eight games into the season. I know he missed three, but three touchdown passes from your starting quarterback eight games of the season is something and you don't really see. Interceptions. Yeah, and the, the, the TD to pick ratio is brutal. But we know he can play a little bit. We know what his limitations are, but we know he's got some strengths too, and they, they, they really need to uh, – they need to do their best to to emphasize those and to put him in a position to succeed. And that didn't happen early, earlier in this season. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. And with that in mind, again, I'm thinking that you need to have, not, not specifically you, right? But I mean, just generally the, the everybody you, it's like you got to have more patience and understand that this is a work in progress. And that's where I feel personally as if, if he doesn't get hurt, this is we, we were never going to have this discussion. You weren't going to see Bailey Zappi at any point. This is just going to be Mac Jones riding it out. And that Baltimore game, and see, this is, this is where it's interesting parallel. That Baltimore game, he was really good until that last quarter, and he started turning <laughs> the ball over, right? right? He was really good before that. And this offense was looking, I think, the way they wanted it to look. And then, obviously, things go wrong. But with with that, I, I feel like it's the same thing. Mac Jones started off well last year, and then he kind of sputtered in the fourth quarter, so to speak. Though I think he was one of the only Patriots that actually showed up to play in that Buffalo playoff game because that was right. Like, yeah, very one of the few. Yeah, that was ugly, right? But but again, I, I look at it as teams are gearing up more and more now for year three. Not year two. Yeah, you want to see growth in year two. But I feel like teams are more and more just saying like, look, okay, let's see what you got with this current roster. And then if we feel like investing in you, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and go all in in year three. It's what they did with Josh Allen. That's what Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga-Vailoa have had now. In year three, their teams go all in. It's what the Bears are about to do with Justin Fields, who started to come on. And, and so there are all these examples of it. And I feel like Bill Belichick's following the trends. So I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what do you want to see from Mac Jones to show that he is worth the investment going into year three? Well, you know what's interesting, Kyrie, is his strengths really haven't shown up as strengths this year. We mm. we know he's 
supposedly sees the field well, but he's made yeah. more interceptions, thrown more interceptions this year where you're left asking yourself, how did he not see that guy? I think it was what Josh Bynes, uh, Burns. Uh, yeah, yeah, Josh Burns against Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he just basically him. threw it to him. It sounds like the uh, the interception that was uh, the 84-yarder by Michael Carter the other day that got called back after the roughing, roughing the passer, um, that wasn't on Mac uh, that that uh, Myers had uh, gone the, the opposite direction of where he was supposed to be. But um, I still don't see how you make that throw, even if you're anticipating the receiver's going to be there. The, the defensive back was there in the right place. So um, even a timing play like that, you've, you've got to be able to see the field better. And I wonder about that because you look at Zappi, guys like Hunter Henry uh, started getting the ball more when Zappi was out there. But if you watched how things were going, they were wide open and they're not wide open now with, with Matt the touchdown the other night when Zappi came in against the uh, came in, in the uh, Monday night game against the bears Myers was wide open and he, he made a terrible throw. He just, he was so open that he, you know, fielded it like a center fielder. Um, Mac doesn't have guys open like that. And I can't figure out why is it the, uh, if it's a scheme, if he's just not really seeing people when they are open or what it is, but um, his strengths need to start showing up on the field more. I think they will, but uh, they've just got kind of caught up in this whole maelstrom of all the other issues with the offense. Yeah, and I think that what people have said they want to see, right, is like, oh yeah, let's prove Mac Jones, like have Mac Jones prove to us that he can throw the ball down the field and he can beat teams with his legs and like do all these things that people want to see elite quarterbacks do. Well, now it's almost become like, okay, we've seen flashes that you can do those other things, but can we start getting back to the things that we know you're good at because right. they haven't shown up enough? And and it's like, is that? a reflection of him focusing more on other things? Is it just the way defenses are playing him? Is it Matt Patricia? See, my thought was that I just wasn't entirely sure coming into this past game that Matt Patricia knew how to call plays for, for Mac Jones. That huh. it was it was almost more like, okay, we've got this kind of new offense. Bailey Zappi will just do whatever we tell him to do. And... I mean, we, we could just literally do whatever. Whereas with Mac Jones, it's like he's had a year under his belt in the NFL. He kind of has a little bit more of an idea of what he likes and what he doesn't like and the way he wants mm -hmm. to operate. And that I think they were having trouble figuring out how to fit within that. I will say that against the Jets, there was a lot more RPO and, you know, kind of quick game stuff that I feel like Jones feels a little bit more comfortable with um, and, and getting the ball out of his hands, being a little bit more of a point guard mm -hmm. And I think he was making quicker, better decisions aside from perhaps on some of those turnover worthy plays that we've been talking about. I, I think, I think it's just interesting because I personally feel like Jones wasn't as bad as I thought he was after rewatching the game, but then I you, saw you tweeted see, that. Yeah. Yeah. But then you want to see how that continues because, okay, you get the Colts whom you should be. And then you get the jets again, who are probably going to play you more or less the same way. And then it starts getting hard. So then what right. do you do if you're the Patriots offense? And how do you respond if you're Mac Jones? Yeah, the, those Bills games are incredibly daunting. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're going to get waxed. I mean, they are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they can get a stop or two this time defensively. But uh, Hey, I think well, if you make them punt one time, that's a win. <laughs> 
they carrying a punter? I don't. I couldn't tell last year. <laughs> um, well, I had two questions. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I had two questions left from that Jets game that I think are unanswerable. Uh, the first was on Mac's first interception when the ball got tipped straight up in the air, like, uh, you know, uh, the three jets could have called a fair catch on that. And, uh, I was curious, he was thrown a born. I was curious if born was working. Yeah. He looked open. He looked like he had at least the step. And, uh, I wonder if that would have worked or if that was going to be another one of those situations where deep throw and, uh, 50, 50 ball, as it turns out in the end, we'll never know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. The other question had that 84 yard interception stood up, would Belichick have thought about making a move? Because I don't think so. I, I think he knows that uh, better than all of us, obviously, that Jones is the the, 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 the better prospect than Zappi. And it's not really close. But um, the one thing he loathes is turnovers, harps on uh, 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 losing the football and getting takeaways on defense and uh, everybody's seen the stats. They're last in the league and, and uh, uh, first in the league in takeaways and first in the league in giving the ball away. So they need to cut back on those. And I, I did wonder if uh, he was going to, he might have thought about making a move there if, if the if that play had stood up and they were down 17-3 at that point. But um, it didn't happen. And so we go into this Colts game where you feel better about the situation than you might have uh you know, a couple of weeks ago and all you really need to want to see out of Mac is for him to continue to progress, to play better than he did against the jets and for, um, you know, for them to really not have any issues with, with, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger and the Colts offense uh, where they, you know, basically playing the Colts version of Bailey Zappi. <laughs> well, it's like, you would think, and, and this, this is part, part of the thing before we move on to the next question that, I feel like the Patriots, like a lot of other teams, I feel like especially the Patriots, have an easier time dealing with quarterbacks that are like a Bailey Zappi or like a Mac Jones, who are more, I'm going to sit back in the pocket, know where I'm going to be. It's like, we know what your reads are. Like, we, we know how to take things away from you. But when you start dealing with quarterbacks that are more, instinctive that are that that can run that can cause problems you know what as i'm thinking about it right now i wonder if this is part of the reason not that tua tunga vailoa is is amazing i mean he's having a very good year right but as, as a skill set quarterback he's not incredible but i wonder if that's part of the reason they struggle to to always slow him down because he is so instinctive that that's the kind of thing that you hear about him a lot it's not that his arm is amazing that he throws an incredible ball or, or, or that he can run over you or whatever in the open field. It's not about that, but just some of the throws that he makes, he's throwing them. It's like, it's like he sees the future in some cases. It's <laughs> really all about whether or not the ball actually gets there yeah. sometimes or, or whether, or whether he's throwing it to the right place. But there were some throws against the Patriots. It was like, I don't know how you could have defended that because he literally right. threw the ball before anybody possibly could have reacted. And then you've got the, the Jackson Allen Fields crowd that, I mean, they just make plays. I mean, right. every, every other quarterback that they play against 
that that's not named Allen Jackson or Fields. They're twelve and eight against in the last two years. Oh wow! And then if you yeah. want to throw, and then if you want to throw Tua into that, I mean, then then it's it's uh, Tua's three and zero oh in the last two years. So yeah. so then you could you could even throw that like again that kind of instinctive sort of just like. I mean, they're going to be a little bit unpredictable or, you know, kind of do things that you can't quite stop. And then you could say like your garden variety quarterbacks, they're really good against. It's the other guys they've got to worry about. So I feel like you can't even like, you can't even count Ellinger out like that. But if he tends to be more of a just, hey, I'm going to play it by the book, then the Patriots will win. Yeah. The Patriots would have eaten this version of Matt Ryan alive if he were still Oh my God, it would have been horrible. It would have been okay. a bloodbath. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, I, you know this better than I do, um, but I think they were they were taken caught off guard by Fields because the, the Bears have been uh, so, I don't know, hesitant or they limited his usage as a runner. And then they just dropped that on the Patriots like that. And I, I, I think that I really think is a, a rare instance where you had this multi-tool skill quarterback and the Patriots weren't prepared for one of those tools because it seemed like it had been in such limited use. And then all of a sudden it's this huge part of the bears offense against the Patriots is, I don't know if it was well, good coaching because it was, they probably yeah. should have done that earlier, but it certainly wasn't that particular game. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting that they openly admitted stealing plays from the Ravens because even in that first half against the Ravens, um, it, it wasn't like Lamar Jackson was carving them up. He was making plays but they were making it difficult on him. They were sacking him. And then in the second half, they were like, okay, we're going to run Lamar now. And the Patriots couldn't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Shredded. And, and I think that I, I said it before that game that the bears are going to see that and they're going to start running Justin Fields, or at least they, they should. And they did. Did you trust them to do it? Did you really think they would? I, I was not a hundred percent on it. I, I really yeah. wasn't. I, I could not tell you that I thought, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do it. But I knew that they should because I knew the Patriots couldn't stop it. And, of course, they didn't stop it. And then it opened up all the other things, the scrambles, the, the, the other throws that he was making. And that's the kind of thing that makes me worry about Kyler Murray. And, and I mean, like the, the Cardinals aren't good. But if they, if, if they have the kind of game that they had against Fields with Kyler Murray, it's just going to be the same thing. Yeah, I wonder how the Patriots remedy that. I mean, they have this really interesting safeties group right now because every time yeah. they've had to plug Peppers in, um, he's done a really good job. He had a fantastic yeah. game against the Jets, led him in tackles. Had, oh, he was had everywhere. The, yeah, everywhere. had the uh, the great pancake block on, on Jones's return, the, recovered the uh, onside kick at the end, and he's played well when Duggar's missed time. But uh, you have Duggar, Phillips, McCourty, and – and then Peppers in reserve. That's a really diverse group. And, and Bledsoe got on the field a little bit the other day. So you'd think somewhere in the skill sets of, of all those really talented players that they, they would have somebody who could uh, step up and really take that responsibility of, I don't know, shadowing a running quarterback, but making life difficult on him anyway. And for whatever reason, it, it, it hasn't really happened for them at all the last few times they've they've played against these uh these complete quarterbacks who are both mobile and have you know rocket arms so i don't know they gotta cook something up and i think they have the players to do it but it just hasn't shown up on the field yet definitely um kind of a last question here 
Patriots don't do anything at the trade deadline, but the Bills bring in Naeem Hines, who again, he's not necessarily the the you know greatest running back in the world, but he is pretty electric and he's a he's a very good third down back. He can hurt you in the passing game. It just adds another weapon for Josh Allen, who's already got plenty of damn weapons. He doesn't need more. <laughs> doesn't need more weapons. Stop it, Buffalo. And then the Miami Dolphins go out and they get Bradley Chubb, who, if he can stay healthy, is a monstrosity up front and is going to make things harder on Mac Jones and every offense in that division and everywhere else. Patriots don't do anything. They just sit back and let their team do what it does. And it looks like that's the squad they're going to ride with more or less for the rest of the season. When you think about that, what does that tell you about this New England Patriots team, what they are right now, and where they're headed? Yeah, that's interesting. I I think it's about draft capital, probably, that uh, they've had two good drafts in a row here this year's draft has a chance to be pretty special. You never know how those things are going to turn out. I mean, um, the 2003 draft that they had looked absolutely loaded at the beginning when it was, it was Eugene Wilson, Ty Warren, Bethel Johnson, and a lot of those guys petered out. Asante Samuel, Dan Copen stuck around for a while, but you, it ebbs and flows with draft classes. Sometimes they look great. Sometimes they don't, but this past one looks like it could be pretty special, especially if Thorne yeah. ends up being what people think he will. Um, they need another one. And so maybe even if it meant giving up a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick, Belichick was reluctant to do that, to bring in somebody who, you know, might be a, a plug and play at linebacker or a backup tackle or something like that. But uh, yeah. I would have liked to seen them add a piece or two. But and and maybe you know move on from I didn't want to see Bourne go, but maybe Aguilar, uh, yeah. uh, just just not really a spot for him. His snap count was down to nineteen. But um, I think it's just a matter of looking ahead a little bit and thinking, uh, we need to build up the the quality youth on this roster a little bit more, and uh, we're going to keep our draft capital even if it means maybe passing on a player might help us right now. Yeah, and I mean, I I personally didn't see any scenario where they were going to add. I thought, if anything, you're going to subtract. You're going to go ahead and and uh, you know again send away an Aguilar, send away uh, you know Born or something like that. And, and they didn't. And I think some of it probably has to do with depth because you look at Devontae Parker being hurt now. So like, hey, you could use all those receivers uh, instead of sending them away. Isaiah Wynn gets into the game because Cole Strange was bad. And, and, and I mean, Marcus Cannon is bad. So you might need <laughs> Isaiah Wynn to get back over there to right tackle. Uh, I think that's going to happen at some point, like as the going gets tough. I think you're going to see Isaiah Wynn get back over there. Yeah, um, I do too. But, but look, I, I think that they probably looked at it like you're probably worth more to us here than you are elsewhere. And like you said, don't give away your draft capital because we're going to need it. So I, I I agree with you. I think this is all about next year. It's all about next year and maybe going all in in year three with Mac Jones when you can pick up a couple of wins after other teams are a little bit more strapped for cash and maybe they can improve, but you can improve. You'll have an opportunity. We'll see how it goes, but I know fans don't want to hear that because you, you want to compete every single year and have the hope alive that you're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm just looking at it, see it saying, I don't know that that's going to be the case, man. <laughs> I think I, I, I never thought it was, but now, especially. 
Yeah, that yeah. My thinking at the after the first couple of games this season, because Bill was in a relatively good mood, um, was that he was looking ahead, that he was okay with struggles at the start of this year because um, he was kind of looking the the term Red Sox fans always use is bridge year. Uh, because right. it was a Theo Epstein line back in 2010. Um, and it kind of fit that profile where you just build up and develop your young players um, and uh, really gear up for progress uh, over the and heading into the next season. But the way they handled the Jones situation just kind of made me wonder, like yeah. the, the number one priority this season has to be making sure your quarterback improves and continues to grow into a quality NFL starter. And some of the things that they did just didn't really fit that mode of, of operation. Um, but I think in the big picture, that really is what they're trying to do. They just had some hiccups there in terms of how they were developing him. And the, the big picture is uh, keep loading up this roster, have another good draft, surround Mac if he's your quarterback um, with the proper talent. I mean, it's kind of what the Jets have done. Yeah, they just don't have the quarterback. They picked the wrong guy at number two, but you look, Brees yeah. Hall, Garrett Wilson, you know, they've added all this young talent. Uh, and that's how the Patriots have to go about this. And I think that's why Bill has seemed sort of patient with us this year compared to how he is uh, uh, in seasons when they're com- competing for championships. So I think it's the right tack, even if it's a hard thing for, for fans to deal with in the as the season's unfolding. Yeah. Nope. That's, that's what I think. I think that he's been trying to see the forest for the tree, see the big picture the entire time. And sometimes that means hard truths. Like the fact that, you know, the Patriots might be just good enough to miss the playoffs. Maybe they'll sneak in with a wild card, but if they do, well, they might be staring down the barrel of another whacking at the hands of like the Buffalo bills or something like that. Though, Hey, the Buffalo bills, they might get the first round by, so maybe they'll get whacked by somebody else. Maybe it'll be Kansas City <laughs> or something like that. Hey, Chad, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a blast. It's been wonderful catching up with you and 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 talking sports with you, man. And uh, hey, I, I hope we get to do it again soon. This has been really nice. Anytime. It's great talking to you, Kyrie, and uh, keep up you know, keep up with the good work. Cause I, I, I love what you do and uh, it was great working with you and it's great seeing your success at WEI too. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And as always, I'm gonna keep reading your stuff and I hope that all <laughs> of you will make sure that you read Chad Finn and that you are going to download, subscribe, listen, and stream this podcast first with Foxborough on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts till next time.